Could it be true? Is it really true? Uh-uh, Mike check one, two, three. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I checked back, Curtis, a year ago was our last episode. We did trials for the kindergarten way back last year. Has it been a year already? It really doesn't seem like that, but you know, people, uh, they asked for the podcast to come back, and so a good time to start up again is going to be the, the kindergarten fraternity trials here. I'm excited to, to come back to the Los Ponies studios finally. Did, did you find your way okay here? Uh, you know, I still have a key. I didn't let <laughs> Professor G get the key from me because, you know, I still do work the Los Al daytime. Yes, you do. So he's not allowed to take my press box key yet. But, no, I'm really uh, glad to be back. I'm still following Los Al, you know, still following core horse racing all around the country. So nothing's changed. That deserves a round of applause <laughs> right there. You haven't forgot about us uh, over here at night. And so good to see you, my friend. Good to hear you. Uh, First of all, how's how's things in the daytime circuit? How, how are you holding up? Uh, you know, the first meet we went to, actually, I did get the, the Los Al daytime meet. Yes. But the first real one we went into was Del Mar in the summertime. They threw you to the wolves? And it was tough. I thought, you know, working at Los Al, I had to do everything myself. You had a uh, system going. Yeah. yeah, I had I did both comments and the mutual side, um, the, a lot of the data entry. And then going over to Santa Anita, Del Mar, I thought, okay, well, now I only have to do comments. Yeah. You know, this is going to be way easier. It is like <laughs> 10 times harder. You know, you go from doing 300-yard races and four-and-a-half furlongs to mile and an eighth, uh, you know, all these route yeah. races, and then the huge fields at Del Mar. But everybody is telling me if you get through this, then you're gold. You, you're, you're set. So they threw you to the wolves. You survived. And now you got your wheels under you. Yeah, we, we finally settled in. We got two Del Mar meets under my belt, and uh, we've been rolling along at uh, uh, Santa Anita. Got my partner, Ken Davis, who uh, he, he's my rock. You know, mm -hmm. any questions I have, yeah. uh, anybody I need to talk to, he really helps me out. And so uh, he's guided me through this whole process, and now we've settled in nicely. Shout out to Ken. He does a good job. He, he uh, puts in the work, and it uh, should be fun. The daytime season is almost around the corner here at Los Angeles. Yeah, I can't wait to come back. I get to, it, you know, it's almost like it reminds me of when we would go to Pomona. You yeah. know, you get to come in and everything's a little more relaxed yeah. and you get to see all your old yeah. buddies. So I really enjoy coming back here in the daytime. Not to mention the, the commute's uh, yeah. only a five-minute drive once again. And it, and it feels like um, it feels like a, uh, a little bit of a working vacation now that you have the daytime meet. Yeah, I remember... Uh, like the guys uh, that were before me, Ken and then Mike Schneider, they would always trade off taking vacation days at Los Al. Uh -huh. And I remember Ken asking me, he's like, oh, so when are you going to take your vacation days? You know, these Los Al. I said, no way, I'm not going to take <laughs> Los Al off. You know, that's the easiest drive I have, and I like going there and, yeah. and uh, seeing everybody. So, yeah, I, I'm taking some vacation days for Santa Anita and Del Mar. And, I mean, chicken fingers and fries. You can't pass that up. Oh, you, you come here, you, you have the, the chicken fingers in the stands, you have the grilled cheese it's over a Schwannies. Yeah. So, I mean, you You're can't set. go wrong when you come here. No, you can't. Well, good to have you back. It's uh, been fun. A few people had been asking for a, a fresh new episode. And I said, you know what? Kindergarten Futures are coming up. I know Curtis is paying attention. Why not? Let's do a podcast. So, we're doing it. Uh, taping here after the races on Friday evening. So let's talk a little bit about Friday evening. Did you get here for the entire card? Yes. Okay. I, I, I won't. No, I got here, let's see, I think the third race All right, was, but, was the first race I got here. But you did see the two-year-old races later in the card. Um, I was all in on that. He's Asher Fire, full sister. Um, mm -hmm. 
man just couldn't get up there oh in time. man and it was a it was a whisker it was like a nose that that uh couldn't get by there but yeah, from what I've been seeing, Paul Jones and Jose Flores, they seem to be uh, rolling right along with their two-year-olds lately. Yeah, uh, Paul Jones, uh, definitely the barn that has been picking up. Uh, I was I was good with my predictions two years in a row. First, I said Jaime Gomez was going to rebound. Yeah. He did. Then I said Juan Amon uh, was going to rebound. He did. And now it's the year of Paul Jones. He, he seems to be off and rolling with the two-year-olds this year. Well, it seems uh, he's putting Ramon Sanchez back yes. in the saddle for a lot of these. and. <laughs> You know, he's withstood the test of time. You know, you stick Ramon in there yeah. against all these guys. It doesn't matter. He he still gets out there and wins races. Uh, he's ridden a lot, a lot of these. I think he's like 28% yeah. right now, yeah. I think, on the year. So, I mean, it's just like the Ramon Sanchez and Paul Jones show of, of old lately. Yeah, it, it feels like a deja vu all over again. So, Jesus uh, Ayala had been off since trials of the 2 million. He got injured in the gate. I remember that night. It seems like Ramon Sanchez is now... Hey, this is back my barn. This is my yeah. barn back again. Well, from what I've seen from Ayala, he's come out firing as yes. well, right? I mean, he, I think he, he narrowly uh, missed one tonight on the outside, but I see him, uh, you know, he's been breaking just like a, That's always been his strength. Yes, uh, the break. Breaking yeah. clean from the start and uh, and just straight and strong there. And, and uh, you know, first one I saw back that he rode for uh, his boy, Jay, uh, or Lindolfo oh, Diaz. Is. And uh, just, I think, one clear, wire to wire. Lock so of the night, like, lock of the night. Not, not to rub it in. <laughs> humble brag. Yeah, lock of the so night. So it was just like, uh, you know, the same combination of old. So, yeah, he's a, he's a top rider. So you got the the new leading rider there, Ayala. But you, you got the old goat there, Ramon Sanchez, uh, breathing down his neck at the same time. Yeah, so now it's like, because Ayala used to get, you know, first call for Jones. Yeah. Uh, now Ramon Sanchez is like, hey, I, I'm, I've got these mounts. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but I mean, there's plenty of barns to go around. I, you see Ayala riding for for um, Jose Flores, which he rarely does. I mean, he does yeah. ride for Jay Francisco with Lindolfo, but Jay Francisco also has horses with Jose Flores, so he, he's riding now a few for Jose Flores. Now, right now, the barn that is spreading around seems to be the Jose Flores run, mm-hmm. Jose Flores barn, because tonight uh, one of the he said Dasha fire babies that the one that just missed oh, was Eduardo Nicasio, and then the other one was Ayala. Mm-hmm. And then you still have Cruz Menez riding, and then Irving Lara and Jairo Rangel. That, he's spreading the mounts around. And I even think I saw Ramon Sanchez riding one for him uh, later in the week. So that barn is the one that's mixing around and kind of using all kinds of riders. Yeah. One thing I was going to say about Ayala is he's also been doing it at a bunch of different barns. It hasn't been just yes, one. exactly. Uh, you know, it's been, uh, I think I saw him win for Willoughby. I think I saw him win, or at least it was a dock horse, yes, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I saw him win for uh, Flores, which I can't even remember no, like, ever no. seeing him ride for yeah. Flores. And, you know, they're just good riders like that. But, yeah, you see a lot of kind of different combinations right now. And Nicasio, like you said, uh, with Chris O'Dell, I think he left for, for Rio Dosa. And yeah, I figured maybe uh, Nicasio would be going with them, but there's another top rider that uh, can really uh, find himself first call for a barn. Yeah, so we'll see what happens the rest of the year, but it's good to see that the two-year-old season is officially underway here in LaSalle. Um, a little bit earlier than usual. Uh, usually the trials kind of line up with the weekend of the Derby and the Oaks. This, this time around is uh, one week before that. So consensus is out. Handicappers, how many uh, total of us printed printed the the the, the consensus picks? So, so yeah, uh, 
The headman, Chris Wade. Chris Wade. George, uh, the new Equibase yeah, chart yeah. caller. Yeah, I, I, has he been doing a good job? Did I train him well? Yeah, you, you, you did a good job training okay. there. Uh, my old adversary, yeah. Professor G. Yep. Uh, yourself, right there, and Terry Terrell. Right. So look, we got uh, we got six here. Yeah, six. The only one that is retired is uh, Ed Burgart. He's retired off in Arizona, but. Did you see the news? He's picking up a little bit of a handicapping blog for the AQHA. Oh, I believe for the challenge race. Yes, for the challenge race. Correct. I did see that. I saw that headline. Yeah. So we'll be keeping tabs on on Edbergar's handicapping for the challenge races for AQHA. Uh, just go to aqharacing.com. You'll be able to find that easy to go. Uh, looking forward to it. Nine trials set to go. All fields of at least seven or eight runners, depending how they spread out so let's drive uh, let's dive right into it race number one all trials going at 300 yards field of seven it does look like uh doc's fast lane will be i don't have the odds in my in my early pp so we kind of go off of, off off of what do we see in the form but doc fast lane is expected to take plenty of money based on that debut win yeah uh this horse looked awfully good it came away uh Cleanly and then bobbled yeah. shortly after the start. Yeah. So had to get going again, but finished really nicely there and put up a time of 12.14. You know, we're not really uh, used to seeing these 220-yard yeah. races. So uh, they allowed two-year-olds to just work one time and then start uh, at the 1,220-yard distance. was kind of a, a new angle they, they had this year for the two-year-olds. But, you know, I thought Doc's fast lane uh, looked really nice in, in that debut. Put up a nice time over just another commando there. And uh, I thought Drew nicely right in the middle here and should be tough in the first race. I love Jaime Gomez in the earlier trials. That's always been a, a good angle. Yeah, I mean, and also the Jaime Gomez trainees really seem to really move forward second to third time out. So given that this horse really fired first time out that, mm -hmm. that well, watch out. I think he's he's going to be ultra tough with any kind of improvement here. Uh, so I'm going to go 4-3-2, Doc Fastlane, Jam Hunyu, who surprised at almost 7-1 for Danny Montes and Jorge Carmona, but did level out nicely, did finish with run past the finish, which suggests that he's going to enjoy stretching to 300 yards. And then I think the two was a little bit of disappointment, first time out, Resurrection Man, who had worked 1230. At that point, that was the bullet of 51 workouts that morning on March 20th. He was well supported in that race, but just didn't have an extra punch late. It was at 300 yards compared to 220s so of some of the other runners. So maybe he'll show much more stamina this time out. But he was a little bit disappointed in that effort. I agree. I, I was waiting for this horse to, to debut off of that March 21st work. Just like you said, uh, w was up in there close and just didn't really have it at the end. So I kind of went, other than the, the three and the two, I went for the six cartel boogie mm -hmm. uh, for second, the uh, debuter here for Juan Alamon. Uh, looks like a little quick filly here, so I think 300 yards is probably going to be my max distance for her, but I like that uh, she's well drawn outside of uh, another horse I like, Wave Runner, uh, for uh, Dan Farias, who was in close there against New and Better in La Beverly Hills. Um, I think being drawn next to the four and the five is going to help her early. And then, like I said, I like the Adan Farias runner. Uh, just was, was in close there after getting fractious and had to steady between late. But I, I like that was still finishing with some grit there in the end. Yeah, wave runner. Uh, that race to me, I think that's going to be a key race. And we'll find out a little bit later why I think that's going to be a key race later on. But I think that key race, uh, that's going to be a good race to come out of. Wave Runner, where new and better, La Beverly Hills, uh, those type of runners come out of that race. So 
17 to 1, still ran a good third. Obviously, there could be plenty of room to improve. Uh, rent, plenty of room to improve. I'm going to go 4 3 2. I'm going to go 4 6 5. Race number two, a field of seven here, set to go post. Um, we got a, an impressive uh, last time out winner in Women's Secrets. Delivered as a betting favorite. What do you think of him? I went along with Women's Secrets. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm hoping for a Jaime double here. The horse ran a nice second in debut to Unavailable, who we'll see later on tonight, or later on in the card on, on Sunday. Uh, came back and stretched out to the 300-yard distance and just absolutely went down through there with no problem. Uh, one clear and, you know, was much the best that night. And uh, looks like should be the betting favor going into race two here. It does look like that. And also when you look at, at compare the 300 yards up to this, the 300 yard times up to this point with the two-year-olds, that 1563 is very, very good. Yes. Because uh, we've seen the in the 80s being the kind of the consensus time for some of these 300-yard events, uh, 80s, 90s. So 1568 was very, very good time for that gelding. Uh, now, the only thing is that he's drawn in gate two. We used to call it the Bermuda, tri Bermuda Triangle. Are you post. still using that? No. When, when I watch him at home, I still think the really? same thing. Like, I just toss it if it's the two-hole. <laughs> so, yeah, it still weighs on my mind when, it, when it's up there. Ed Burgard's still in there talking about that. <laughs> he, did, he, did he kind of breed it into your mind? That, oh, that yeah. Yeah, he yeah, did? Yeah, definitely. That was one of the angles where uh, he brought it up one night in the press box when we came up here and talking he just about, stuck to you. you know, he, not giving a reason why, he just gave the percentage and, you know, once I started implementing it into my <laughs> handicapping and it paid off, it just kind of stuck with me. Uh, so, Woman's Secret appears the horse to beat. Uh, I am interested by Commander Cartel. Commander Cartel. Uh, the winning margin was only a neck, but I thought he did broke into bump a, you know, a little bit at the start. Once he grabbed the lead, he kind of just kept to task. He, did, he didn't really want to kick on and, and win by a big margin, but I thought he was game there in that win. Uh, the clocking was on the slower side, on the slower side, 16:05. But I like the effort. The dam was won the Governors Cup Derby. Uh, she won four of 14 starts, 200k in earnings. So there's some nice pedigree on the three. And then uh, the seven after school, out of a uh, study hall, uh, Pierce uh, that mare, third on debut. Uh, but I like that he broke good. Now he switches to the outside post, uh, and I like that you know at least he got out of the gate in good order. And that could be a, a good thing to have here, drawing all the way to the outside. So I'm going to go two, three, seven here in race number two. Yeah, we almost got the the same numbers in order. I like the two on top, and then I, I got a. Oh wait, did you say two, three, seven? Two, three, seven. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So we got the same trifecta wow. there. Yeah, I got Commander Cartel there. Uh, I thought it won a little easier than the neck indicates. Yes. Um, and then the seven. I like the post switch. I think that's going to be the key. Like you said, was up close and then just got in tight late, but draws outside here. Notice Oscar Andrade off. Uh, I believe he's he's gone. He's packed up tack and, and went to the mountain. So I think that's why we're going to see some rider changes here. So uh, I like two, three, seven in that order. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. Hold on. We need like some. We need like some what? breaking news type of thing. I didn't. Am I, had, I breaking that news? I had no idea. <laughs> wait, wait. Say that again. What happened? What's I, going on? I, I thought I thought it was known. I I heard that Oscar Andrade had packed up and he and he's moved his attack uh, to Riodoso. Wow, that's news to me. I thought, well, and I, I'll blame I'll blame Dave Weaver for this because Dave Weaver said he was serving a suspension uh -huh. and that he was gonna he was gonna come back and ride for Charles Night. 
So in my mind, I didn't even look it up. I had nothing. Uh huh. So you're saying Oscar and Junior is off to I, New Mexico? I believe that he is uh, off to New Mexico, and I heard that he might be riding horses for Heath Taylor. Mm. That's kind of the. Uh, the, the rumor mill, I guess. we What a good episode. You know, just throw rumors I mean, this out is, there. This is, I mean, I feel like I should have my, my soundboard. I lost my soundboard because we haven't done the podcast. Yeah. So the app kind of, kind of you know, uh, deleted from my repertoire. But, I mean, I, I, I got to sound a nuclear alarm for that one. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, he's moved on from the dock barn, and, he, and he's uh, he's trying to go up against uh, some other jockeys. Wow. And up in the mountain, he's going to be going for that uh, the rainbow, the... The Rio Doso and the All American. So, uh, wow. if I'm correct, uh, uh, Oscar, we wish you well. <laughs> well, Oscar, best of luck. Uh, breaking news here in the Los Ponies podcast, at least to me, because <laughs> I had no idea. But once he wasn't listed in the toss, yeah, in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, so this like this this doesn't, doesn't seem this doesn't seem like 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 Oscar just suspended. Yeah. It seems like there's there's something more to it. He has had uh, his his run-ins with the with the whip fines, I yes. believe. So uh, he has been fined in the past. So I could see uh, you know taking those suspension days as, as a reason. All right. So uh, right off the bat, race two, we already found out some news. <laughs> <laughs> here we go to race three. Field of seven here, 300 yards, like we mentioned, every single trial. This was a little bit of an interesting trial. I'm not sure mm -hmm. we're gonna agree on this one, but what do you like? I went to the four. Ar I don't Ar even know how to pronounce Arhelia this. Clo Arhelia Clove. Clo okay, yeah. I, I went to this horse because I thought uh, she was full of run in the March 6th work. Look, same broke. thing for me. Yeah. I, I thought I liked her that night, but mm -hmm. obviously she, she wasn't able to show anything after that slow start. Yeah, I, I think the debut race and the work on March 6th are pretty much the same. Didn't break great uh, and then was just full of run late, but, you know, in the debut was drifting in. And uh, really, just couldn't straighten out. I, I don't think it's that tough of a trial. Uh, Broken Heart Tattoo, who I like, was also you know had some problems in the gate, uh, and then shied at the wire, and just just Cartel uh, came in at the start, so broke slow. But I'm looking at the four. You know, with, if I have question marks uh, on these other horses here, and Arhelia Clove has something you know run left in reserve. All she has to do is get away to a clean start. The you know very well bred here for EG yes. High Desert Farm at a walk through Crystal yeah. uh, is paid into everything. Uh, switches from Jonathan Roman to Oscar Panato, so I, I think hopefully the I jockey change can just get this horse out of the gate, and we can really see what she's made out of. The dam began her career five for five, which included wins in the in the kindergarten uh, futurity. Um, so, and this is a full sibling to. Um, the runner in race one, that's Maximo Car uh, Crystal. Yeah, so, so the dam won, f uh, won the kindergarten, the Ed Burke. Uh, I'm with you. I thought I liked her first time out. Don't know what to expect from her tonight, but if she breaks, she she should be in the mix. I, I think there's that, that, that running line is deceiving. She never settled into a comfortable stride. I think, do think that's, there's more there. I am going to give the check mark towards the outside runner, just Dash Cartel. Uh, Sec good second there in, in that in that effort back on on uh, April 9th for uh, just a car just uh, dash cartel I thought he broke a bit sluggish from that inside post but still kept uh, kept battling and once you kind of break a little bit sluggish a little bit slow from that inside post it's pretty much the race is over you're yeah. not really gonna make up ground but I like the way he kept himself in the race so I like the switch to the outside post 
he's the check mark. So I'm going to go 7-6-4 here. Uh, Ahelia Clove is in the mix. But Broken Heart Tattoo showed big improvement second time out. Probably should have won that race, mm -hmm. um, given given the trip, given the inside draw, given that he was you know he was fractious in the gate. Uh, tough defeat for that one, and then in, ended up drifting in drifting out just a bit late there. That might have cost him the race. So uh, we'll see. I think the one that keeps the straighter path in this race wins. Yeah, that, that's why I just tried to upset uh, the six and seven. Um, I thought Broken Heart Tattoo, like you said, should have won that race, and that was against the well-regarded uh, well Mookie, Correct. Uh, who we'll see later. Uh, everybody pegged that horse to win for sure that night, and after getting fractious in the gate, Broken Heart Tattoo still almost won. Uh, and then the seven, Jestash Cartel, you know, uh, this is another one who had the rail, uh, you know, like you said, came in at the start and now draws the outside and was finishing well against majority interest, yeah. who, who's been well-regarded as well. Yeah, so I'm going to go seven, six, four. Four, six, seven. By the way, do you think the three was the dam on the three? You think it was named in honor of the program? That I don't know. And she's dropped a couple runners, correct? Yeah, Nightlines. Oh, you're just going to warm Professor's <laughs> heart then with, with that one. <laughs> I'm ask him when, when he goes by. Yeah. You can ask him yourself. He, you oh, know, on, he's on the on owner train, of it here. On train, yeah. <laughs> I'm tough tonight, which, I mean, Jaime Gomez second time out? That, that could be a case That's there. That's you know, I couldn't go too much higher. You know, <laughs> yeah. once you start picking them, you're like, okay, I got to go against them eventually. Yeah, so that's that's race number race number three. Okay. All right, all right. We, oh, that's a, all your this, Sam. This, this is not me. This is not me. <laughs> so it must be you. That's your lock of the night. I'm coming back here to end the early pick four with Valente one. Uh, horse ran really nice after drifting in and was outside rivals there all, uh, on the far outside post, but I thought really finished well and uh, showed some grit there in the end. Uh, Juan Alamon uh, has Viramontes up in the saddle again here. They posted the bullet work there on March 13th, and uh, it's going against La Blue Amour, uh, who, who's a very uh, tough rival as well, but I like this horse stretching out to the 300-yard distance, and I think it's just going to get better as the distances go on. So you're saying the length and a quarter win by LeBlum Amour is nothing to you? I, I just like the, the breed. <laughs> I, I love the way Valente won finished. Yeah. Mm -hmm. we, you know, we really don't know uh, what LeBlum Amour how was finishing, yeah. you know, because she was just ahead the whole time. Correct, yeah. You know, so, yeah, I'm going to take a chance here, and uh, I just like the way Valente won was, was uh, finishing the race visually. Well... I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I like the three as well. That's my check mark. <laughs> so I don't, know, I don't know if we're going to be in a good, a good opinion here. But it was visually the finish, how he was striding out, kind of led, led me to believe that he's going to love the extra distance. Definitely. He needs to get away better because if La Blue Amour breaks as fast as she did, they, not, they might not catch her. Yes. But I do like the closing kick of Belente 1. Uh, La Beverly Hills is a little bit interesting to me. That could be the potential upsetter here. I think she's maybe, what, five, uh, five or six to one on the morning line. Her gate speed might have her in front if the six makes any kind of mistakes. And at that point, they might not catch her. So outside the three and the six, probably the four will be an interesting price uh, just based on the gate speed. She got beat there by New and Better, who's coming out of that race, a wave runner, who we'll see race earlier tonight. Uh, but I'm with you. If Valente one stretches back four, out here, he should, he should enjoy the extra distance here. And uh, I like him for fine elements. So I'll go 3-6-4. Yeah, I got 3-6 exact to here. You know, this is the only runner for uh, Chris O'Dell, I believe, uh, on the card. 
So <laughs> it's all or nothing here for, for Chris. Uh, but this filly looks uh, pretty special so far. Uh, I could definitely see the three and the six both qualifying out of this heat. I'm just going to go for a different horse for a third. I'm going to go to the five fire fast honey for Monte Rosa. Uh, I thought this horse was up in it early, uh, you know, kind of shifted in at the start and lugged in late. So if this uh, filly can straighten out, uh, she only went 12-29 uh, uh, compared to La Beverly Hills 12-24. So I think there's just a, a give between which one of these horses is, is going to run the better race. And I think Fire Fast Honey can improve over the four. That's going to be a fun, fun trial. I think race four is going to be a fun trial uh, to watch there in uh, that fourth event. All right, race number five, fifth division here. Fuel of eight in this spot. How low of a price do you think FG Jess Sace is going to be? Oh, I would imagine this horse goes off probably, uh, probably even money, uh, four to five. By but the way, um, I was, if you were to tell me coming into this race that, uh, well, if you were to ask me what horses are going to sweep the consensus, where mm -hmm. every handicapper was going to pick the horse on top, I would have absolutely said FGGS says. But I'm watching on the consensus. I have mm -hmm. the printout right here. Mm -hmm. The hitman does not like <laughs> FGJ says on top. Who do you like? I'm going to the five. I'm going to the blue mallard. Look at you. Uh, I thought the horse ran a pretty good debut effort. It, it, was getting out finished by Commander Cartel and even to another Jaime Gomez runner, Authoritative, uh, who's later on the card. But I, I just like that this horse was pressing the whole time and is drawn in the middle. When FG just says, uh, I know it says off bit slow and bumped it and got clear, but there's a lot of trouble in that race. Yes. And, and so I. I believe a horse uh, lost, lost its rider from, yeah. from the outside yeah. as well. So this is another case in which I don't know exactly what this horse beat uh, in its debut. You know, it might have won just uh, very nicely by default. So yes. that's why. And I don't know. Sometimes I do like to go against horses that have problems at the start and then they draw the outside. Maybe this horse goes out. That's why I went to the five blue mallard. I just like it being drawn and had a pretty good debut effort even in defeat. Look at you. Look at you. Spoiling the consensus. <laughs> the only one against FGCSAs. By the way, five of us liked Valente one instead of La Blue Amour. Only one handicapper liked La Blue Amour. And who was that? That was Terry Terrell. Everybody else, Valente one. Terry likes to zig a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. When others zag, he, he likes to go against the grain. And also in the first... Look, we didn't even notice. Right off the bat... The first two selections, they sw swept the consensus. Doc's Fast Lane and Woman's Secrets. So maybe that's where uh, we were all thinking, you know, we had the Jaime Gomez double. Double. You know, Jaime likes to win those races in the daytime. Yeah. And then we were like, okay, now, now we kind of got a zag now. Mm -hmm. Interesting, interesting here. <laughs> interesting to begin the consensus <laughs> that way. Uh, so you're going to Blue, Mam Blue Mallard, which yes. uh, makes a ton of sense. Had worked 1250 prior to that. Uh, they paid 60000 for this one at the Heritage Play Cell. Uh, FG just says looked impressive, did it easily, and, you know, Brooke did break a bit slow. But you're right. It could have been, like, that he got the lead by default and just won easily because there was there was trouble in that race. But we'll see what FG just says does. The dam uh, was the debut winner. She was uh, placed first via DQ in the Dash for Cash at Lone Star, and she did finish third. And the uh, two million here, Los Angeles, back in 2014. So there's some good pedigree there. 
the outside post probably is a good thing for for this runner given that he broke a bit slow uh, so he has room to work with and Oscar Peinado and Jaime Gomez they've been teaming up over the last year or so uh, with some very good success so I'm gonna go eight seven five I do have the blue mar mallard there in the mix uh, but just being enough could be a little bit of an upsetter I thought that 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 maiden event was going to be uh, a key one as well won by the highly regarded Gryffindor who's not entered in this trial tonight I'm either thinking he's going to Redoso mm -hmm. or something came up and he's skipping these I believe that's for Paul Jones yes uh, he was impressive so we might see him at the mountain uh, that's my first thought because he's he's missing from these trials so uh, yeah I'm gonna go 875 outside of the eight I mean we're kind of just projecting improvement um, so it looks like the eight will be heavily favored uh, so we'll see how the odds board plays out once uh, once post time hits. But I'm going to go eight seven five. Yeah, I, I got the five on top, eight for second, and then I'm going to go to the two. Proud soul, um, kind of a well bred horse here, paid into everything. Um, last time out, I thought maybe it was trying to get up into it early and just got lost its path and mm -hmm. lacked room. And we've seen these Mike Robbins horses kind of improve in trial races, so I'm going to give this horse another shot in which I think uh, outside of the 5 and 8 is a pretty wide open race here. Uh, even though it's in the 2 hole, I'm, yep. I'm still going to give it another shot to improve here. So I'll take Proud Soul for third. All right, race number 5 is the only leg not part of the pick 4s. That's the middle leg. So it will be part of the pick 6, and I'm guessing the 8 will be uh, singled in a lot of those pick 6 tickets. Race number 7, the start of the leg pick 4. Field of 8, set to go post. We got a good mix of uh, experienced runners. And most notably, a big first-time starter that worked a bullet 12 flat. I think that's one of the first 12 flat bullets I we've seen so. for two-year-olds this year. Who do you like here in race number six? I'm not going to go against the seven. E even though the two uh, looks pretty good, uh, powerhouse down there for Paul Jones, uh, I'm going with Midnight Fling. Uh, like you said, had that bullet work there, and I thought just sizzled right down through there. And I... Uh, Really, not much other than that. I think this horse is going to be ready to fire uh, in its debut here in the sixth race on Sunday night. Well, you know what? Me and George are okay with that. We'll take the experience of Powerhouse. Everybody else, you guys can keep well, Oh, wow. I thought this might have been one to, to sweep it. <laughs> yeah, no. Me and George, Powerhouse, the rest of the handicappers, Midnight Fling. Okay, going with the experience. And, you know, up to this point, the races, uh, the races appear to be pretty straightforward. That's when I think I'm walking on landmines. When the trials look straightforward, I agree. I feel like, like there's no way they could be straightforward. You're right. Right? It You're just right. feels that way. That's why, because most of the time when you handicap these, uh, you're you're going off and and we've sat there and we've watched every one. Yes. You know, and we we've seen the tenses, but then there's just. You know stuff that happens where horses get fractious and horses, you know, they're babies. They yeah. veer in and out, yeah. and all of a sudden, <laughs> horses are, are are improving and getting clean paths that they didn't before. It's like bumper cars sometimes out there. Exactly, and everything goes to the trash. But I'm going to go with experience of powerhouse. Uh, I believe this is the first winner by that sire, Power Jam, who was a very good sprinter for Bob Baffert. Um, powerhouse in that drill back on March 16th, he broke fast and then kind of was taken up when appeared to kind of take a bad step i don't really see much of it but he was just taken up and you know that that time was deceiving and of course the fast start was the main thing to kind of pay attention and we kind of overlooked it i overlooked it as well on race day and he went off at 12 to 1 he mm -hmm. broke fast and held his advantage there at a big price 
Uh, that gate speed, I think, warrants plenty of respect. Yes, Ben Knight Fling looked very sharp in that uh, drill there, 12 flat for uh, for Terry Knight. And it will more likely, more than likely, be the betting favorite just based on that drill. Uh, but you got to give her credit that she did break fast and finish strong. But I go with the experience. I go powerhouse, midnight fling, and then sunny day to me was a was a beating favorite last time out, but kind of kind of might have lost the race at the start by uh, by moving outwards there, but still kept trying second best to a political thunder. So uh, did defeat next out winner budget buster the third place finisher. So two seven five for me in race six. Yeah, I got the seven for on top uh, two powerhouse there for second. And then I'm going to go with the one Beduino Surprise uh, drawing inside of Powerhouse. I think that'll be a good spot down there. Uh, in the April 8th work, I, I just don't think the horse was ever asked. And after working 12-5 uh, on, on March 20th there, I like to see from first to second work, I usually like to see four-tenths to, to five-tenths uh, faster. Mm -hmm. So when they didn't ask this horse at all in the second work, I'm thinking, hey, this horse probably can go at least 12-3, yes. 12-2, and I think you get a much lower number there uh, if you can see that on the page. So I'm thinking maybe they're hiding their hand a little bit, mm -hmm. and I'm hoping uh, maybe for a, a little bit of a price here in the one, but we know surprise. Yeah, I've got my workout notes here, and here's how I describe the workout. He broke good on the outside of a 13 set, drifted in a bit early, but was corrected by his rider, and then pulled away to be up a length in 1270. But he was never asked and mm -hmm. was under an easy hold throughout. He was never asked. I think he could have gone faster. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, and with this barn, watch out. They can unleash him and get him ready to go. Yeah, I think what uh, Squidward, I think, was in the Governor's Cup. Yeah. And that one was the one that kind of came out of, yeah, came out of nowhere. nowhere. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I'm thinking here. Uh, maybe this horse can get up for, for a pretty good price here in the six. Yeah, the only thing is that he's drawn on the inside post. And he drifted in just a bit in that drill mm -hmm. uh, so that'll be the only thing but uh, i think that's a horse that is interesting if the price is right race number seven the final opportunity here for a pick three on this uh sunday night field of eight uh mookie j francisco diaz lindolfo diaz Jesus Ayala. the word was out that he could run he had to work for it but he did get the job done but having said that do you like mookie on the outside I'm going to try and beat him. What? I'm going to the seven. I'm back on the Jaime train here. <laughs> Look at you. I, I, this Choo -choo. horse dueled and really was finishing well there uh, to, to go up by half a length. And that was at 220. So I think, you know, give him another 80 yards. I think the horse probably would have won by a length. So uh, I think draw right next to Mookie is going to be good for this horse. And I think is probably going to uh, go underrated here into the seventh. Mookie, you know, I have him for second. Uh, like we said before, was highly regarded coming in, but you know, was uh, really had to work for that. Even though it wasn't really under a lot of urging there uh, from Ayala, I, I just didn't really like that the horse only beat Broken Heart Tattoo mm -hmm. uh, that we talked about earlier, who yeah. got fractious in the gate and shied from the wire, and and Mookie only won by a head. So I'm gonna try and beat him again. At some point in, in midway through the race, it seemed like Mookie might not even hit the board. Because I feel like he was not really going anywhere. He mm -hmm. was just kind of matching strides. But he ended up winning. It was a blanket finish. And you're right. He deserves, you know, he deserves plenty of respect. I'm not so sure he's a standout here. I'm going to stick to my original opinion that I thought the one was going to be a very, very good horse. Um, I'm pretty sure I singled this horse first time out. 
I was a big fan of the mayor, Matabari. She was a big gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she earned 1.4 million. She won the 2 million, the Super Derby and the Winter Championship. She was a beast on the racetrack. She hasn't dropped any really significant standouts other than uh, one horse by the name of Ganster, who's in my stable mail. I've chased that horse in Arapahoe, <laughs> in Louisiana. Uh, still, he's still picking up checks, but he just can't get lucky and really win. Uh, but I think this is the, a really good runner by that mare. Uh, she ended up missing by he ended up missing by a neck after bumping at the start. I like that he was finishing well, so stretching out an extra eighty yards should be a good thing. So I'm gonna go in with the one for uh, Fortunate Corona, and Mookie there for second. The outside post is probably favorable given that he already showed he can win from the outside post. So no real play against Mookie, uh, and then Southern Best for Jaime Gomez. Based on how he leveled out, he should enjoy stretching out. He he was finishing with interest. Uh, he seemed to be uh, galloping out with good energy. Everything screams that he's going to like 300 yards. So I'm going to go 187 here in this uh, seventh event. Yeah, I got 781. Uh, I'm with the unfortunate Corona. I just don't like the post going from the outside to the inside uh, when the horse didn't really break that well. You know, got bumped at the start, but. I agree. Uh, finished out really strong and has all the breeding of the world. And and uh, Monty Rosa, you know, we already know Monty's been red hot. You know, maybe the best trainer in the country right now. Uh, he's winning like he, at forty percent at Remington Park. Yeah, he's been on a roll. So I mean, he's in the right barn, and uh, this horse can definitely improve after way uh, finished at two twenty. Three hundred should be no problem. Yeah, he won like at nineteen to one the nightcap at Remington Park, and then won the nightcap here at LaSalle with the favorite. So back to back wins. Uh, across the country for Monte Arosa there. So that was race number six. Race number seven, there's two races left. You know what time it is? The late Daily Double! That is correct. Late Daily do, Double Do time. you ever turn to Nick? Because I hear, you know, I'm watching at home, and you say, you know what time it is, Nick? And he goes, eh, you know, Late Daily Double Time. You ever say, like, hey, Nick, like, let's do the podcast. Come on, come on. Curtis will get into it. You I mean, we had this conversation. Me and Nick were on there, and uh, I think somebody chimed in about the podcast on Twitter, so I mentioned it. And then, can you believe Nick said, "I didn't know you guys did a podcast." That's that, that no that, good. That's that's how much Nick is paying attention to our workings out here. He knows about the podcast. <laughs> he's just he's just trying to keep you humble. Because you know what he said? He's like, "Well, I never got an invitation." So he kind of played it off. He's like, "I didn't yeah. know you guys had a podcast. I didn't know you guys you guys never invited me." So I think. I think he brushed it off because he was never invited into the Los Pony Studios. Well, if we get Nick on, you know it's probably going to turn into like a three-hour podcast. <laughs> you, yeah, hey, we'll, we'll just be sitting here trading we'll, stories and talking hey, about the track. If we if, if we get Nick on the podcast, we'll have to find a, pos- a sponsor. I mean, we'll, I mean, this podcast will probably go on forever. <laughs> we'll never stop. Yeah, I think he mentioned the night when we were at the the, the uh, PCQHRA Banquet Awards, and we sat there with. Uh, it was my family, my dad, my mom, and the and the Sarge came with his yeah, wife, you yeah. know, and, and we were just rolling the whole night, you know. <laughs> he was having a pretty good yeah, time. Yeah. Shout out to Nick. I think he's out there uh, selling some horses and buying some horses at the sales. He'll be back on the quarters soon. Late daily double time here in this eighth event. Only a field of seven to here to be uh, uh, starting the late double. There's. Two winners in this race, and they're both drawn side by side. Red Hot Topic and Unavailable. Who do you like here? You know, I never thought I'd say this, but I'm going with the Adan Farias runner <laughs> and Unavailable. Uh, this horse had a nice debut over Woman's Secrets, who we talked about earlier on the card, who came back to win really nicely. So having beat that one right on debut uh, is drawn 
outside its main rivals here. I'm going to go with the five. I like that she got out of the gate well and she held on for the win. I'm not sure I was sold on her gallop out. That's the only question that I have. Okay. So I like her gate speed. I'm going to give her the de facto check mark just because she's the one that kind of uh, prevailed uh, first time out and defeated the next out winner, Woman's Secret. So by this point in the night, we'll know what she did earlier because uh, she ran earlier in the night. So by default, I'll give her the check mark. I do think she's probably the quickest out of the gate up to this point. Uh, but I'm not sold on her gallop out. That is my only question on Unavailable. I'll look towards the one he looks famous uh, for Jaime Gomez as the second choice. Uh, beaten as a favorite uh, last time out. I thought he broke well from the outside post. But then he kind of lugged in multiple pass and was not able to go by Powerhouse, who we'll see already ran up to this point. So the, the, the drifting in multiple pass probably cost him the race that night. Uh, so we'll see if he can keep a straighter path from that inside post or if the rail can kind of keep him straight if he wants to drift in. So I'll go 5-1 and then the, the little bit of a price might be the two first painted candy. She didn't break all that well. She appeared a little bit intimidated. But once she found a little bit of room to work with, she really finished nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, she only missed second by about a head uh, and that was a 300 yards. So she's she might be the horse that could finish best of all if she gets room to work with. Uh, uh, from the start. So I'm going to go five, one, two here in race number 8. Yeah, I like the two first painted candy there for a second. I think when you watch that debut race there on April 9th, everybody's watching Gryffindor. But I think yeah. when you watch the replay, mm-hmm. I think first painted candy really catches your eye yep. after breaking slow and just how well this Philly finished. I can uh, I believe I heard Orlando saying that uh, when he interviewed Paul about Gryffindor, he said, yeah, but did you you see my Philly first painted candy the way ah, she was okay. finishing as well? Right. So, uh, you know, he likes her as well. Uh, just has to uh, break a little better here and should definitely be in the mix. And then I like the one. He looks famous as well. Um, ran a nice second last time to Powerhouse and, and had that much troubled debut. Let me see. Uh, anything else? Uh, Cumbia, I thought, was going to run a little bit better that night. Kind of disappointing. I don't know the morning odds on this one. Maybe that's a, a trifecta, superfecta horse. If there's there's a you know a better start for him, uh, but we'll see. I think Anabela was probably the, the best gate horse. I just wasn't sold on the gallop out, and we'll see what kind of odds we get towards the inside of both the one and the two. But I'll go five one two here in race eight. I got five two one. It's interesting. Neither one of us picked the four red hot topic. Who and put up twelve nineteen there. We, we might be in trouble. <laughs> we might be in trouble right off the bat there. All right. That means there hasn't been much up to this point. We've only heard uh, this sound once tonight. So it is that time for oh, my finally. I made you wait all the way to race number nine, the final trial of the evening. And I'm not going to go off, you know, someone really off the map here, but... The main thing to me was new and better. It's tough to win from the inside post when you don't break. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he he didn't break all that well. And he still was able to rally and get the win. And galloped out with, I thought, good energy. Uh, so that was the main impression. Also, I thought that that neck victory was gonna was much better than what the paper indicated. So I felt like the even though this horse might be the morning night favorite, he's not going to get crushed. Because there's no big length win, length and a half. So I feel like that neck win might give us a little better shot at getting an okay price here on uh, new and better. So I like the way he finished after not breaking all that well. 
uh, I think he's 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 drawn well here in gate five. He should enjoy the extra the extra distance here, uh, and he's about half brother to a multiple greatest stakes winner. Uh, new look, new look who earned uh, over a quarter of a million dollars. So I like the rally. I like that he did it from the inside post, a tricky post, and I like him tonight here as the lock of the night. Yeah, I, I like the five on top as well. I think it says something about a horse when they draw inside there and they really fight back. Mm -hmm. uh, and this horse had to fight against both uh, La Beverly Hills and Wave Runner there and still got up to get the job done. Switches here to the, um, a middle post, which uh, will definitely be better suited. So I thought was really game uh, in that first uh, effort out. I'm going to go to the seven. Boogie's best dream, a little bit of a price here on the outside. I think this horse got bumped at the start and uh, couldn't handle Red Hot Topic and, and missed it. Uh, another horse that looks like it'll come back uh, well for the Paul Jones barn, but was out of it against those two, but I thought really finished well outside of it and, and could be underrated uh, coming into this race, but is a good replay horse. And then I'm going to go to the three attack zone, who won a uh, second time out there for Jose Flores. Um, after getting out kicked in the debut, didn't really look uh, like it had enough late kick there, uh, but came back and broke well and held on uh, over Misty Favorite and fortunate, uh, fortunate Corona, who we liked earlier. So I think this horse has a good shot. You know, if it just breaks clean again, should be in the mix. Yeah. So uh, new better lock of the night for me. Uh, underneath, I am back. I think might be the 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 main threat there for Paul Jones. Comes out of the Docks Fast Lane race. Well, uh, Docks Fast Lane we'll see in race one. So at this point, we'll know what kind of form he did to begin the night. And then Boogie's Best Dream uh, finished third on debut behind Red Hot Topic. Um, we'll be wearing the flipping halter for the first time tonight. So they're adding the flipping halter. He got bumped at the start there, uh, broke into bump at the start, um, and was able to hold third. She is a half-sister to champion J-Fire Up. Uh, we know how, how impressive she was in her career. But yeah, it's one of Jaime's blue hen mares. Yes, <laughs> this boogie fires. Yes. So whenever you see boogies with Jaime, yeah. <laughs> you you know the horse is going to have a little bit of talent. You least. know they're men well. So I'm going to go five, four, seven. But I'm all in, new and better. The lock of the night. All right. Yeah, five, seven, three for me. By the way, new and better is a consensus pick. Every handicapper picked them on top. Did yeah, you see how, how many did we have uh, that ran the gamut? So new and better uh, is one. Let's see. The only other one. We're the first two. Yeah, so That's only it. three. See, I'm still. You're the one messing all this up. You well, can, you I, know, I, I get I, out of the loop a little. I, I go across I, town. I would have bet that FGJ says was going to be absolutely the consensus horse, and you go out here and mess it up <laughs> with the blue Mahler. Well, just when there was so much trouble in that race, I thought, well, maybe. Yeah, look, the horse did look yeah. good, but how good was he when yeah. horse jockeys are falling <laughs> off the horse and, and they're getting scrambled and whatnot? Also, uh, unavailable went five straight picks on top, and then Terry Terrell went against the grain. He went with just another commando. Hmm. All right. <laughs> By the way, you can find these uh, consensus selections at uh, the Los Amigos website, and they will be printed also in the Nightlines programs if you get the past performances there. Yeah, these were uh, printed right before by Professor G himself. He, he wanted to have these in there. Is, is there a pics on the line? You know... Because I can't get over here to pay anymore, <laughs> uh, there won't be a pizza on All the right. line. But luckily, uh, before I left, I did win the last consensus. So really? the, the belt did stay oh, down okay. at Echo oh, Bay's yeah. Corner. Okay, so the belt is down at Echo Bay's Corner. But I did, I did hear that Carla paid up 
from her bed and oh, paid three okay. pizzas. <laughs> we <laughs> so we had a, a little bit of a office pool for the March Madness bracket. Mm-hmm. I mean, Carla and I, Carla and I don't follow college basketball at all. Yeah, right. So I had a great first round. I was on fire. Yeah. First round, I had so many points, but then I went. I went against Gonzaga. I had him missing second and third round. Of course, Hal took it. He watches college basketball. Yes. He took it. He knew. Big Ron's, Arizona. Yeah, fan. yeah. Shout out to U of A, a fellow, <laughs> fellow uh, racetrack industry program uh, uh, guy there. Uh, I went. I, I had a great first round, so I picked up a lot of points. But then second round, my opinions kind of started falling apart. I think I had Gonzaga exiting first round. They went all the way uh, to the to the championship game, but I, I didn't pick up points past the third round. So I was I was teetering whether I was going to bring pizza or not. Yeah. Luckily, I'm uh, Carla. Carla lucked out. She brought pizza. <laughs> And Hal made uh, 40 bucks, I think. The best uh, was when Michael Zinda, <laughs> you know, uh, parents are prominent in the quarter horse yeah. industry. He was working out here. And like you said, not a lot of us follow the, the college yeah. game. But we still do the pool for fun. Yeah. And uh, we, Michael was up here for the first time, and, yeah. and we handed him a machine. He goes, oh, uh, you know, I, I want to take mine home. Yeah. And we we're like, oh god, like this guy must be a ringer. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, we all filled ours <laughs> yeah, out in, in, in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. He came in last. <laughs> 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 so we did kid him about that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. No, I, I filled that out in five minutes. I think, I think I had one one team that really made it far from my final four teams, but that was it. I, I tried to go against the grain against Gonzaga. Uh, they ended up going on the way. Who who ended up winning the championship? Gonzaga. Was it Georgetown? I forget. I don't even. I don't know. even know. <laughs> I don't remember. I just know Gonzaga was a big favorite, and they made it to the to the final. They didn't get through, but uh, whatever it was, in the end, Hal made forty bucks and uh, got pizza taken care of by Carla. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. But I was a little mad when George didn't tell me that pizza was coming, <laughs> so that I could come uh, come over and partake after a, a rough day at Santa Anita. All right. So in in honor of uh, going doing an episode, uh, another episode of the podcast. Uh, if you come on Saturday, I'll bring pizza. I mean, on Sunday for the trials, I'll bring pizza. Well, that sounds good. All right. Pizza on me for Sunday. Looking forward to the trials. And uh, we'll see how our locks do. You you went early in the card. I'm going to wait all the way to the last race on the card. Uh, I almost for sure thought that was going to be a consensus horse uh, in that race. Where you went Valenta 1, I thought the outside runner was going to be a consensus horse. But no, everybody, yeah. everybody's yeah. thinking the late kick of Valenta 1 is interesting. Well, you know, I'm thinking, Chris, you know, maybe he's not here. <laughs> you, you know, I see him over there with powerful favor getting <laughs> off the van and whatnot. I thought, okay, maybe he's vulnerable here. And Olimon's really, really tightening the screws here for <laughs> Valente 1. But I think it's going to be a good race. Yeah, it should be fun. Good night of trials. Uh, and then we'll have the final in a few weeks. So... This was fun to get back into the studio, do a podcast. Definitely. Uh, people ask for them. We'll get back in the studio and do another one. I, I think uh, definitely uh, trials could could be the case. Yeah, that, that that might be that might be the schedule now. Trials, that that could be a good schedule for the podcast. So, uh, this was fun, and we'll talk to you guys next time. All right, bye everybody.